This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 12, Our Stories with Money. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, welcome to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Uh, we have some incredible content to go over together today and some really, I think, personal stories as well. Some, I think, things that will be really relevant as we're dropping this on or near uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, first of all, I want to welcome everyone in our studio. Uh, welcome, Katrina. Hi there. And Holly Buck. Hello. All right. So what we're going to get into a little bit today is where did we get it wrong? <laughs> oh, where did we get it right? What are our, you know, us, the, us, uh, us uh, folks here in the studio today, what did we do with our story with money, this thing called money? We all have a relationship with money. Uh, we've all got memories of maybe first memories. I was just talking before we started recording about my, uh, my very first investment. I stayed up all night, slept on the uh, sidewalk of uh, Target, to buy a PlayStation 3, uh, thinking not to play the PlayStation, but to sell it online on this weird website called eBay. And the price just went crazy on eBay. I was loving it. It was like $10,000 for every PS3 being sold. And I was like, this is incredible. We're going to be able to retire next Tuesday. And then the price came crashing down. It's a shameful story. I ended up returning it to Target, got my money back. So there you go. That's one little story with money, right? <laughs> so I'd love to hear from you, Holly. I'd love to hear your story with money. Uh, tell us where things went right, where things went wrong, some of your earliest memories. Walk us through your story with uh, your relationship with this thing called money. Yeah, absolutely. So we really just wanted to use this episode to kind of share with you guys where we're coming from. And so what are our backgrounds with money? What have we done? And, and really what's gotten us to the point where we are today? I mean, we've been talking about how the financial planning that we do in our firm is a little bit different from what you might be used to. Um, and that, you know, we're talking about how to be not average and not follow the typical and average advice. And so at some point along the way, we had to do that, right? We had to learn these things and come to these same conclusions ourselves. And so just wanted to share a little bit uh, with you guys here today about my story and how I got to be here and learn the things that um, I now know and, and, you know, spent the last couple episodes sharing with all of you. So just a little bit about, you know, my background, I think shared a little bit in our first couple episodes, but just a little bit more detail um, is that I've been in the financial services industry for over five years, uh, worked for a number of different financial firms. Uh, some of you, you may have heard of, others were more smaller local firms in different cities that I lived in at the time. And so really through working with all these different financial companies, I was exposed to a lot of different financial concepts and products. Um, and in fact, I remember there was this uh, point when I was working for one of these companies that you would have heard of. And I was sitting down and I was thinking, you know, what was it that I wanted to do with my money? Which one of these strategies that, you know, this company had to offer was I going to use for myself even. So not just recommend to my clients, but which one was I going to use? And so I remember I had this afternoon where I decided I was just going to spend the whole afternoon pouring over everything and deciding what was going to be the right one for me. 
And so I remember I was digging all over. I was looking through every different financial product and vehicle that this company had to offer. And I remember I had this very specific moment where after hours and hours of pouring over prospectuses and all these different things that I had this thought of this can't be all there is. Hmm. And I remember just feeling very unsatisfied and like I hadn't, I hadn't found it. I hadn't found the thing, the tool that I wanted to use for myself. Um, I had no idea what else I was looking for. I didn't know uh, what else, you know, there could possibly be since I felt like I just looked through everything that was available and out there, but I, I didn't know, but I just didn't like what I saw thus far. Um, and so really, um, you know, but at that point though, I couldn't know what I didn't know. Um, and so that was kind of, uh, you know, I remember a, a moment for me where I was just thinking, you know, this can't be all there is, you know, what else might be out there? And in fact, it was actually while I was at the same job um, that I really saw the great potential uh, for loss within the stock market and traditional finan financial planning advice, um, just the potential to put your clients at risk and potentially lose their money. And I remember I made a very, another kind of um, you know thought that stuck with me, um, and I made a very distinct promise to myself uh, while I was at this job. And that promise was actually that I you know, if I if I were to continue in you know financial planning and traditional financial planning, that I was not going to work with my family. So I had wow. decided that um, I would not take on any of my family members as clients because I didn't want to be the one that would lose their money. And I didn't want to be the one that the family resented. Uh, so when the next, you know, stock market, uh, you know, fall or whatever it was came that everyone would be hating on Holly. <laughs> um, and so I remember, you know, I had remembered what happened in 08 and 09 and how, uh, you know, bad that had been for everyone. And I was like, I don't want to be the one that was responsible for that happening to those I loved and cared about. And so, um, and actually, apparently, it was kind of funny. Apparently, this was a promise I'd actually communicated. Uh, I not really? not to my whole family, I don't think, but I, I at least mentioned it to one of my sisters because um, later on, uh, she called me out on it at one point, which which I'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I was really you could kind of sum up my experience um, with traditional financial planning as as being extremely eye opening and ultimately very empty and non gratifying. Where yeah. not only was I not able to find a product for myself that I wanted to use, but in fact I'd even you know gone so far as to make this promise I wasn't going to work for my family or work with my family because there wasn't any good options out there for that either. You know, Holly, um, as they're kind of going through your story here, it reminds me every time I uh, I sometimes I'll go out to eat. And uh, someone else will pick the place that we go. And sometimes we go to a place, let's just call it the Golden Trough. All right. And you go to the Golden Trough restaurant. I wonder where that is. <laughs> yeah. What restaurant is he and talking about? And all the options, you just are left asking, there ought to be more. There ought to be more. <laughs> and you don't want to take out any of that food, bring it back to your family. I'm just getting the sense that maybe the same was true here But they with have gummy bears. <laughs> you can put your gummy bears on your ribeye steak there. Mm. All right, Holly, continue. This is great stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And so really, I just, it's, it's kind of interesting looking back on it now, um, kind of where I was at and the place I was at and how, you know, I was, I was really, I was searching for answers. I was searching for, um, a, you know, a way that I could provide the kind of financial like planning and, and financial advice I wanted to not only for myself, my family, but also my clients. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't find it. And I didn't know uh, what I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know what else was out there. So then fast forward a little bit. Um, I, you know, continued working 
in kind of the traditional financial planning space for a couple years, but I was still kind of keeping an eye out for other job opportunities. And um, so then it was at this point that I stumbled across a job posting for Lake Growth Financial Services. <laughs> and so it was actually in an interview for this specific job that I first heard the words, bank on yourself. Now, it was in the context of, hey, Holly, you know, in this interview, uh, have you ever heard of you know, a financial strategy called bank on yourself? And so I'm sitting there mortified because I had no idea what they were talking about. And uh, so I immediately thought that I had, you know, I'd failed the interview, wasn't going to be able to get that job. Um, and, and I remember just thinking, you know, if, if I'm being asked this in a job interview in a way I'm expected to know, how do I not know about this? How had I not heard? Um, but it was actually at the end of that interview, I still got to finish the interview. I wasn't thrown out right away, um, that I was actually handed Pamela Yellen's book, uh, The Bank on Yourself Revolution. And so Pamela Yellen, for those who have been following along in our episodes, um, is the you know New York Times bestseller, author of a couple different books on a whole life insurance financial strategy. And so um, it was through her book that I'd first kind of dipped my toe and learned about Bank on Yourself. And so we actually had the pleasure of interviewing her just a couple episodes, which was really fun. So it was actually really, you know, through this job interview and Pamela Yellen that I first heard about this crazy thing called Bank on Yourself. Um, and I'd actually highly recommend her book for anyone that wants to know more. It's it's fantastic. One of the best out there for learning more on a foundational level about this strategy. Um, and again, I remember I was reading through her book then because I was like, okay, well, I've got to find out about what this thing's like. And so I was uh, reading through her book and I was reading about how whole life insurance can be used as far more than just life insurance. I remember my first initial thought when I first read whole life insurance, very first thought that went through my head was, that's just what you use to you know, give a death benefit to your family. I didn't think that there was any other additional benefit or value to a life insurance contract other than just a death benefit to pass on to your family. Um, and so I was reading about how it could be used for more than that. And actually as this extremely powerful financial vehicle. And I remember, again, I had another very distinct thought go through my head that still stuck with me, you know, to this day. And I remember I had this thought that was, this is what I've been looking for. And so I had this immediate release of, oh, like I, I couldn't find anything in all the searching of hundreds of different products with these other companies I've been working with. Now, all of a sudden I'm reading this book on this thing that you know, potentially can provide me with everything I've been looking for. Um, but <clears throat> I was still skeptical. So it wasn't just a done deal. I didn't read this book and was just totally, you know, bought in, you know, hook, line and sinker or anything like that. I was still skeptical. So I still sat down, poured through the book probably three different times, wrote down all my different questions and uh, made sure that I wasn't, you know, being duped. I went on scam.com and looked at bank on yourself, um, read, read about it on there to see if, you know, again, it was a scam or, or something like that. So I came back with all my questions um, and doubts about what is bank on yourself and how does the strategy work. Um, but ultimately, even though I had these doubts, I was still willing to have an open mind. And That's I was, key. Yeah, and I was still willing to see if it was all it was cracked up to be. I was fully prepared for it to not be, you know, what I was expecting, but I was at least open to the option that it could be. And so that was extremely important. Um, but anyway, so I, I came back with all these questions and answers, um, you know, sec kind of like a second round interview for the job. And shockingly enough, all my questions had answers. 
And really those those answers and facts and everything about it all added up. And so over a period of time, it was not an overnight transition, but over the course of a couple different months, um, I eventually ended up jumping on board. And now I'm a bank on yourself authorized advisor, and I've had the joy and privilege of sharing this concept and what I've learned about um, with this strategy with others for a number of years now. I'm actually thrilled to share that I have my very own bank on yourself policy. Whole life insurance and this strategy is currently the only strategy uh, that my husband and I are using for our retirement, to save for our retirement. And that might sound crazy. That might shock some of you. Like, what? You're not doing anything else? Um, But no, we're not. And I can tell you that we still sleep very well at night. Um, And that's because we know we have a plan. We have a roadmap. Um, These policies can provide you with that kind of map that can show you at age 60, at age 65, at 70, you know, this is exactly where, you know, my husband and I, where we're going to be. And we know that based on those numbers, as long as we're saving diligently, we will absolutely 100% have enough to retire and live off of in those later years. So how many people can say that? That's awesome. How many people Mm -hmm. can? You know, so think about for yourself, you know, listener, uh, imagine if you could say that exact same thing. You know, how would you feel? Would you feel any more secure? Would you feel any more safe um, if you could make that exact statement that I just did? Um, and that's why, you know, we have no reservations. We have no qualms about uh, using bank on yourself as our, you know, only uh, method to save for retirement at this point. And that's exactly what bank on yourself has to offer. Um, I'm also so blessed to share that through the work I do now, I am indeed working with my family. (laughs) That's huge. So to kind of reference back to uh, the beginning of my story where I'd made that previous promise to myself that I wouldn't work with my family, Mm -hmm. um, after learning about Bank on Yourself and the safety and predictability and the guarantees that this plan provides, I identified it as an opportunity where I could still indeed work with my family. Um, And so to kind of uh, reference back to the promise that apparently I'd I'd also verbalized, it wasn't just an internal promise. So that means I was serious about it. I wasn't just joking myself. I had verbally communicated this. Um, And so I I remember, uh, you know, when I was starting out with this new strategy, I'd approached one of my sisters and said, hey, I've been learning about this new financial strategy. It seems incredible. You know, my husband, Jacob, and I were using it. Um, Would you, you know, be open to me sharing a little bit about about it with you? And she said, you know, absolutely. But um, I, you know, I thought you told me that you didn't want to work with your family. You know, you didn't want to worry about you know, losing your money and having that, that stress on you. And I was like, wait, I told you about that? <laughs> right. She was like, yeah, you told me. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and so I actually had to kind of backpedal a little bit. And I, I had to share with her that, you know, this strategy was different. And I had to tell her that the kind of financial planning I was doing at this point was far different from what it was before when I'd originally made that promise. And that I actually felt 100% confident working with my family because I couldn't lose their money. Mm-hmm. There was no possible way that I could lose their money. It was impossible. Um, And so actually, I think it was at um, the point when I said I couldn't lose her money that my sister was sold and, and she is in fact a client of mine now. So... And I've actually been able to work with all of my family. I've been able to put together multiple plans uh, for my parents, my siblings. I even have put some policies together on my nieces and nephew, uh, which has just been incredible uh, to see the positive impact that this job and this concept Mm -hmm. um, has been able to have on my family. 
So I know that this episode is going to be, um, you guys will be listening to this or, you know, will be kind of dropped um, onto our website uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So, you know, kind of in the spirit of the season, I uh, wanted to share a little bit about what I'm thankful for at this time. And so really, you know, what I'm thankful for kind of in my story with money and how I've gotten to where I am today is I'm just thankful that I was willing to have an open mind and that I was willing to take on the challenge of learning something new that originally sounded crazy. I mean, you know, listener, you might have been hearing about the things we've been talking about and you might be thinking this sounds crazy and you're not alone. Um, I thought it was crazy too. I thought it was impossible. I thought it was a, you know, scam, um, was checking it out online. (laughs) And so you're not alone. You're not the only one. Um, But as long as you're willing to have that open mind to see you know, what is this really all about? Um, It can make a world of difference. So I'm thankful that I was willing to kind of take on that challenge, have that open mind, and that it's ultimately allowed me uh, to be able to work with my family and help them in ways that I really um, never even dreamed would be possible. Um, And not just for myself and my family, um, but now, you know, I've been able to spend the last several years uh, sharing it with others and anyone that's also willing to have that same uh, open mind. Well, that's, that's a key phrase, the open mind idea. You weren't ready to just dive in without thinking. You know, um, optimism without realism is just delusion. But I think um, also skepticism without hope is cynicism. You know, and some somebody smarter than me said once that uh, cynicism is knowing the price of everything but the value of nothing. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think what you gave to your story here that I picked up is one, wow, average financial planning is really messed up. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll mess up Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it'll make people not want to pass you the gravy or put a little something in the gravy before they <laughs> pass it to you. God yeah. forbid. Uh, so, you know, thank goodness that you've, you've been able to build a, a, a weird financial practice and not average financial practice so that you can feel comfortable. Man, that, that just says a lot about the financial industry. When, when cooks aren't willing to eat their own cooking, uh, you weren't ready to put your own money in those, you know, those different financial products and, and mutual funds and whatever. And also that you weren't willing to share it with your own family. That's a big deal. It's an integrity issue. And the fact that you were able to pivot and live with integrity, not only with your family, but in work. I mean, no wonder you're sleeping at night. Yeah. That's so, amazing. <laughs> yes. So in the interest of time, why don't we kind of turn the table a little bit? I'd love to share, uh, like, I'm thinking about my very first memory with money was actually, uh, I used to keep my allowance and my little, uh, you know, things that I would pick up from uh, from being a little kid in a paper bag. That's actually, instead of a piggy bank, we were so poor, I guess, all I could do was a paper bag. And uh, as as time went on, I accumulated, accumulated a little bit of cash in there. And uh, eventually my mom said that it's time for me to go to, with her to the bank and open up a regular checking account. And I just had this feeling like as I was handing over my paper bag, my precious bag of coins and, and dollar bills, I, I felt like, wow, th- there's something that feels wrong here. I'm giving my money over to a stranger uh, as if a paper bag had more security in it than a bank did. Turns out that's actually not quite far off from the truth. But, uh, you know, as time went on, I began to really realize that uh, I, I really didn't have much of a real education in just personal finance. You know, I kind of made it through life. I, I kind of followed, made sure I didn't go into debt, going crazy, you know, buying things that I couldn't afford. But it wasn't until after we went through three private school degrees and we were in debt up to our eyeballs, Katrina, that you and I started really paying attention to money. Mm-hmm. Right. We started. Uh, so I think someone at uh, a wedding reception gave us the CDs to Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. 
And uh, we just gobbled that stuff up. We were just, I remember driving from Texas to Chicago. Uh, we went to school in Texas, moved to Chicago afterward. And uh, we left uh, our, our school with six figures in student loan debt and no plan to pay for it. Uh, so do you remember anything about that transition? I remember getting the CDs and thinking we don't really need this. I also remember budgeting and trying to budget with an Excel sheet, you know, for the two of us. That was a bust. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who has an Excel sheet, you know, run for the hills. You need something more interactive, you know, like get a get YNAB or something. Okay, unsolicited yeah. advice over. Um, but <laughs> as far as me and Marco, we, we put it off as far as we possibly could because we, we were in love. It was hard. I remember we were our, newlyweds. I remember our first budget conversation. We actually had to go to a public place to have that conversation. Uh, An ice eating, cream eating parlor. Eating ice cream. <laughs> I, I refused to talk about money unless ice cream was involved. Right. Well, I was pitching a fit. We were, we were probably going to call the cops on each other, you know, just because of it was such an intense thing. We weren't trained well on how to talk to each other about money. And so we would quickly devolve into defensiveness. Children. And, right, yeah. So, you know, we really didn't have a plan. Dave Ramsey gave us that plan. I give him a big thumbs up for that. We were putting our money in our envelopes. We were living on less than we make. Uh, and as we moved to Chicago, uh, we started bringing in various streams of income. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I worked for a ministry for a while. We brought in several other streams of income for part-time jobs. And as it turned out, that was the very beginning of the Great Recession. And uh, so alongside the ministry, I also was working part-time for a CPA firm that ended up going more full-time eventually. And uh, the CPA uh, really kind of gave me my first toe in the water with traditional financial planning. All of my training taught me that mutual funds, buying term and investing the rest, all that average financial advice you read about uh, was, the, and, uh, was the path and the only path to getting to financial freedom. Why not, right? What what else did I have to really, you know, go against with? I, I mean, I really didn't have any other knowledge. Dave Ramsey was saying it every single day on the radio. How is it possible that he could be wrong about something? So it wasn't really until uh, a mentor came along. Katrina, do you want to take it from here? Well, right before this happened, we were plowing the majority of our income into student debt. Right. So yeah. every month we'd sit down and sometimes it was half of what we brought home that month would be a student loan payment. Yeah. So we were, we were eating... It beans and rice. We were making major life decisions based on the debt we carried. We were yep. following all the common financial advice. We had the, the Dave Ramsey envelopes with the cash in our pockets. Mm -hmm. And we only spent the cash. And we were very, very strict with our budget. And we were very, very thrifty, trying to cut costs as much as possible so that we could just make it with the student debt burden. And so then um, our mentor, Kent, he came and visited us um, in our living room, and he sat down and he started saying, he said, guys, I need to talk to you about something. We need to set off about an hour and sit down and have a talk. And I was, okay, Kent, this is not unusual. He does this a lot. <laughs> so we sat down and he started to talk about bank on yourself, the concept, um, as a sane living strategy. And Kent, he taught us about centering on rhythms of sanity in life. And we knew that we would be prioritizing sane living in our family life because of what Kent taught us. Um, so when he was sitting there telling us sort of his sadness and regret about not teaching his students about financial well-being as part of our coursework, um, he 
he started sharing with us his own personal stories and some other things, and, and we started listening. But we were very skeptical. I remember sitting there with my arms crossed right. in the chair, listening to him for an hour. Because he said the word money, I didn't trust him, basically. And ultimately, he said, you know, Mark and Katrina, is, is it possible that Dave Ramsey could be wrong about something? Whoa, that was the key moment for me when I finally realized that all of that critical thinking that they teach you to do in college, I had not done with Dave Ramsey's advice. And yes, he has a lot of good things to say, and I have nothing, I, I don't want to say anything bad about the guy, but he isn't Pope of money. You know, he can also be wrong about stuff. That was what I ended up finding out. That cracked open my mind, but it took me the better part of a year to be sure that what Kent was talking about, um, bank on yourself, wasn't some sort of scam. And I remember, Katrina, you were pretty skeptical as well. Oh, I was sitting with a laptop you know, in the corner for six months, just typing away, trying to do the math on this because it just yeah. didn't make sense to me. The cost of insurance was confusing. I didn't understand why I had to hinge on medical underwriting. It was very confusing to me. Right. And so you and I both went deeper and deeper and deeper into the research. I ended up uh, totally getting stuck for a while in what I call analysis paralysis, mm -hmm. where I was just focused on the the leaf on one tree in the big forest, mm -hmm. right? I even got my life insurance license just trying to prove bank on yourself <laughs> wrong. Uh, turns out I was wrong, and so was my average financial thinking. Mm -hmm. And so that was really the beginning of what became our financial firm, Lake Growth Financial Services. I ended up diving even deeper uh, after my life insurance license, going after the certified financial planner designation. And what was crazy was everything in the CFP spells out bank on yourself in, in one way and another way. Uh, but it never kind of brings it, elucidates it into a book like Pamela's book did or like some of these articles that are online mm -hmm. do. So, uh, you know, that's that's sort of where we brought, uh, where, where we are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we started Lake Growth. Um, and that first year of building a practice around um, our not-so-average financial solution <laughs> was yeah. a major uphill battle. We were um, having Thanksgiving conversations that didn't taste so good at first because yeah. we'd been talking about ministry and now we're talking about money. Who are these people? Um, mm -hmm. our, our families and friends pushed back quite a bit on us. And so we were outcast for a little bit, but we persisted. And, you know, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the best thing to say is that we can literally see the value that we bring people in their life. Now we're seeing lives changed, people breaking free from the slavery of debt, people who are able to stop working 80 hours a week and look like they're working more like 40 hours a week or having a spouse come home if uh, they don't need two spouses working so mm -hmm. hard because they're not throwing so much at their credit card debt. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's why I'm so passionate about being a financial advisor. It's not so much the products or the strategies, it's the people's lives and our, our clients' lives, falling in love with how our clients are changing the, their worlds and one by one we're changing the world. And now our family members are some of our biggest advocates. That's right. You know, I, if if I may be so poignant here, Mark, when you, your mama was getting ready to graduate, she had probably, this was probably a day before she passed, she had people visiting her hospital room at bedside, and she was telling them to work with Mark. Yeah. <laughs> As yep. she was, I mean, she's barely functioning, and she's like, you need to talk to Mark about your finances. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah. It's it's. I think it makes very clear why we do what we do. And Holly, what about you? What what makes you so passionate about the work we do today? Yeah, I guess I just feel like there is a lot of financial misinformation, but then also just a, a lack of knowledge um, when it comes to the financial industry and just 
anything other than relating to money. Um, and so I know that something that you know I'm I'm passionate about and I love about the work that I do is that you know I I have these skills and gifts and, and understanding and and sharing um, knowledge about financial concepts and financial topics. And so I love being able to use, you know, my gifts and my skills to help others um, and help them to, you know, grasp financial concepts that might seem complicated, but kind of, you know, bringing them down to um, a simple level because it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be hard. Um, You know, Wall Street just wants it to be so that people remain kind of in this this level of and bubble of ignorance. Um, And so I love being able to just kind of use the skills and gifts that I've been given to help others in that way. Well, so as we're wrapping up here, I just want to list a few questions, a little primer. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're able to pull over or whatever uh, and jot down a few of these questions, go back to it for a journaling entry or whatever you like to do. But think about these questions, pause and, and just truly reflect. What about you? What is your story with money? How do you talk about money? What's your first significant memory with money? Like me with my paper bag. <laughs> What about, uh, what do you tell yourself about money when nobody's watching? You know, what do you believe about how much you can earn? I've actually heard people say that you can only earn about as much as you believe you're worth. So, you know, what do you tell yourself about your money when nobody else is watching? Who taught you to think about money the way you think about it? Why are you financially where you are today? You know, if, uh, Holly, if you hadn't been willing to go against the grain, you know, your life might have been a lot different, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. What would it take to think different about money? Uh, a lot of folks say, you know, it takes new friends, new books, a recession, a job loss. It's either going to happen to you or you're going to happen to it. And learning to think different about money is what this podcast is all about. But it starts with your story with money. Uh, so as we're wrapping this up, take a few moments and make this your story with money, too, because we all have that story to tell. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. I mean, we just shared with you our stories because we were willing to sit down and think about what got us here and and what different uh, financial you know advice did we buy into um, that we then had to go back and question. Um, and so I would encourage you to do the same. Just think about where you are and what got you here. Uh, what financial advice may have you bought into that may or may not uh, be as true or accurate as you thought. And so I just challenge you to think about that and, and spend some time and hopefully our stories would be an inspiration to you as well. Yeah, whether you're uh, Neo with the red pill or Alice with the drink me bottle, <laughs> you know, it takes it takes taking that very first step. All right, so thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.